podcast listener named Nicole writes in to ask this. Pastor John, how do I confront a dear friend who is in Christ when I see her getting involved with a married man? I have already confronted her once before, telling her to flee from adultery. I'm afraid she is in deeper now than before. What scripture can I be pointed to to prepare for a very hard conversation with her? I think when we're trying to persuade someone who is in the sway of deception and sin, we need to combine two kinds of scriptures, at least. One is the kind that very seriously and soberly and maybe even frighteningly warns against the folly of sinful behavior. And the other is the kind of scriptures that give hope uh, that a person, if they hold fast to Jesus and turn from evil, he'll give them a better future than they think they're going to have through sin. So those are the the two kinds of scripture that I would put together, um, probably in that order. I don't know. The Holy Spirit can lead in that regard. And then there, there are simple, practical insights that the Lord may bring to mind that, that don't come from any particular scripture. And I'll mention one of those in just a minute. So here, here's a, a few texts from both of those categories that you could speak to her about. She probably thinks that she loves him, but she is about to destroy him, according to the Bible. And pointing that out might help. Proverbs 7.21, with much seductive speech, she persuades him. With her smooth talk, she compels him. All at once, he follows her as an ox goes to the slaughter, or as a stag is caught fast till an arrow pierces its liver. As a bird rushes into a snare, he does not know that it will cost him his life. This is what she's doing to him. And she needs to think about that if she thinks she loves him. Or Proverbs 6.32, he who commits adultery lacks sense. He who does it destroys himself. That's aiding and abetting on her part. Or Proverbs 9.17, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant, but he does not know that the dead are there and her guests are in the depths of Sheol. Those are pretty serious words that she is drawing him into. She, she's about to cause him to commit adultery, uh, even if they don't have sex, until he gets a divorce and marries her. Because Jesus said in Luke sixteen eighteen, everyone who divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery. That's what she's drawing him into. Hebrews 13.4 points out that she will be uh, desecrating the marriage bed, his marriage bed, between a man and his wife, his wife and him. Uh, And the Bible says, hold them in honor, don't desecrate them. So that verse says, let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and the adulterous. So she's defiling the marriage bed that God says keep in honor. She'll be assaulting the image of Christ and his church as she pursues this relationship. She would be walking up to a portrait on the on the wall 
of the union of Christ and his church and slashing it with a knife. The picture is, Ephesians 5.31, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying it refers to Christ and the church. So she's slashing this mystery by saying Christ and the church really don't have to be committed to each other. Um, She needs to know that she's not acting in freedom She's acting in lockstep with the prince of the power of the air. He has a hook in her nose, and he is leading her by her passions. That's the picture in Ephesians 2. We are fo- Unbelievers are following, people who sin are following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived, in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and so on. So the the prince of the power of the air and the passions of our, our heart are in sync with each other. And any time we let our passions lead us into sin, we are not acting in freedom. We are in lockstep with the devil. And um, in all of this, she needs to realize that there's a deep problem in her heart, because Jesus said in Matthew fifteen nineteen, out of the heart come adulteries. And so the, the deep issue here, something has gone wrong in her heart, and therefore she needs to be warned if she goes on in this unrepentant way, she will not inherit the kingdom of God. She and the man are like teenagers having sex in a boat that is just about to go over Niagara Falls. And it feels so good, they can't hear the roar of the water. So you, her friend, uh, are like a person on the shore shouting, watch out, watch out, the falls, the falls. And then you'll do that with 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. Neither sexually immoral nor idolaters nor adulterers will enter the kingdom of God. So that that's a cluster of texts that are on the warning side of of Scripture that often is used by God to awaken people from their folly. But there are Scriptures that she's going to need to hear, because they may be pretty enmeshed, that there's hope. God is a God of of forgiveness. He's a God of patience. And mainly she needs to hear that God is on the side of her best happiness. She probably believes right now this is her best bet for happiness. That's not true. God is her only hope for happiness, and she's about to choose against him. Psalm 1611, you make known to me the path of life, and she's choosing against it. In your presence, God, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That's what she's about to sacrifice. Or Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not for evil. You need to look right in the eye and say, God has a better plan. He really does. You can't see it, but he really does. And and I mentioned um, a minute ago, I suppose, that uh, there are these Sometimes practical insights that that aren't rooted in a particular text. Well, here's one. Does she does she see that if 
this man is the kind of man who will be unfaithful to his wife and break his sacred promises to be faithful till death do us part, there is every reason to believe he will do the same thing to this woman. When their relationship hits hard times and another more attractive person comes along, does she want a man to say to her, for better or for worse, I'm yours till death do us part? If she wants that, she's got the wrong man. But if if she will hold fast to Christ— He does. He has a better future for her. Yes, amen. He does. Strong words, but loving words. Thank you, Pastor John, and thank you for listening in. Tomorrow, we talk about what does it mean to receive Jesus into our lives? It's a key question, and we need to think about it very carefully. You can keep up with all of our episodes with our free app for your phone. And of course, you can get the apps and send us your questions online at our podcast home at desiringgod.org forward slash Ask Pastor John. I'm your host, Tony Ranke. I'll see you tomorrow.